Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. John chapter 1, I go to verse 5. I love this story. Last week we, we started uh, with Mary. This week we're going to look at Zechariah and Elizabeth. Luke chapter 1, we're going to go to verse 5. And we're going to read a little bit of the Bible. Is that okay to read the Bible in church? Everybody cool with that? We're going to read a little bit. We're going to read uh, 15 verses. It's a little bit more than what we usually read, but, but I, I think that's okay to do in church. <laughs> Luke chapter 5, I mean Luke chapter 1 verse 5. All right, it says this. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, and he belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. And it says both of them, they were righteous. Somebody say righteous. They were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of God, the Lord's command, and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth, she was not able to conceive, and they were both very Oh, they were both very old. We don't like saying that. We like saying they're advanced in age. They're advanced in age. Nobody gets old. Come on, how many know you can be old in age but youthful in spirit? Once when Zachariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And it said, when the time for burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled, and he was gripped with fear. Zachariah was a priest, and, and they would cast lots. And, and whoever the lot fell on, you would have to go inside, and you would go inside the temple all the way to the inside, to the altar of incense, and you would burn incense. And they said there were so many priests that... They would divide this up, and so it wasn't often that you got to go do this. In fact, they said that for most priests, it was only once in their lifetime. And here's Zechariah, the one time that the lot falls on him to go inside to burn the incense, an angel appears, and he is gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, verse 13, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. And I just felt this morning that somebody needed to know your prayers are heard. God is hearing your prayers. Maybe you felt like you prayed all of 2018 and all of 2017 and, and you feel like you're constantly calling on God and, and God is ignoring you. But I want to tell you, God hears all of our prayers. Can I get an amen? Your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, she'll bear you a son and you are to call him John. John the Baptist, not John the Flame, who will be preaching later on, but John nonetheless. He'll bear you a son, and you're to call him John. He'll be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What a calling. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? He says, I'm an old man 
and my wife is well along in years. Notice he didn't want to call his wife old. <laughs> That's a smart husband right there. Well, I'm old. She's well advanced in years, but, but, but I'm old. They say that the original translation, really what he did right there, what he asked the angel basically is he asked for a sign. He did not believe the angel. And he says, well, give me some evidence. This, this can't be true. No, I, I, I don't believe this. Nope. Verse 19, then the angel said to him, well, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent, and you will not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Which will come true at their appointed time. Today, I want to continue along the theme that we started speaking about last week. Last week, we, we spoke about Mary and Joseph, and, and, and we've been talking about unexpected Christmas, and, and we said how God sometimes can unexpectedly just show up in your life, right? And all of a sudden, unexpected, he will change your plans. Remember, we talked about that last week, and he'll jump right in your schedule, and he'll switch around your appointments, and he, he does not care what you had planned up and lined up. God sometimes will show up and change your plans. So we've been talking about the unexpected. Today I want to talk about that same thing. And, and we said that nothing was impossible. Even when, when plans are changed, nothing is impossible for God. And so I want to continue with that th same theme. You could put nothing is impossible part two or I was thinking about calling it believe it or not. But, but I want to talk about when God shows up to unexpected people. Last week, it was unexpected plans. Today, I want to talk about unexpected people. Why don't we close our eyes? Let's bow our head, and why don't we pray before we get started? And then I'll share a little bit, and then we'll, we'll worship God together. Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness, for your grace. We thank you that you are good for us and toward us. You are a good Father, and you do good, God. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for this community, this church. This family from Kendall to City Campus, thank you for what you're going to do across the day. And God, we pray that you would have your way in our lives, God. We pray that you would bless the 1 p.m. and the 6 p.m. that are still coming up, 6 p.m. here in Kendall and 6 p.m. in City, God. I pray that you would help every single person that's walking into this place. Even right now, Holy Spirit, begin to minister, open up our eyes, lift up our heads that we would see you and know you. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say Come on, all of God's people say, can you give Jesus a big, big praise? Come on, big, big noise. Make some noise for Jesus. He is good. I've been thinking about limitations. I think all of us, uh, we have to know at one point or another that we are limited. Right? Our resources are limited. What we have are limited. We ourselves, as human beings, we are limited. We may not like that. We don't like the sound of that. Don't tell me I'm limited. Right? Some of us think that we are unlimited. Come on, anybody know somebody that think they are unlimited in their wisdom, in their intelligence? But all of us are limited. And sooner or later, you're going to find out you're limited. Sooner or later, you're going to find out some of the things you possess are limited. Never forget, I was about 20 years old. I had uh, an Isuzu Rodeo. It was my first car, and I thought I was unstoppable in that Isuzu Rodeo, right? I had changed the taillights on it. I had bought some taillights on eBay, and I thought I was bad, right? My Isuzu Rodeo, it was an awesome car, and, and I'm the type of person that I don't like stopping for gas. Anybody here like me? Come on, you just don't like putting gasoline. 
Everybody at 11 a.m. loves putting gasoline. That's amazing. <laughs> anybody like me? You don't like putting gas. Come on. Anybody like me? Okay, there you go. Some of you aren't being honest. And if you're judging me right now, I'll judge you right back. Okay, don't judge me. We don't like putting gas. And, and Diana always hates that because ask her. To this day, she'll be like, babe, we're almost on E. Let's stop and put gas. I'm like, babe, this will get us to Hialeah and back. Like, I just write it out. I'm being a little bit more cautious nowadays because when I was younger, have you ever heard the term push it to the limit? Come on, you ever heard that term push it to the limit? Push it to the limit, they said. It'll be fun, they said. And I pushed my Suzu Rodeo past the limit. It was on E and I'm like, ah, I got enough gas in the tank. Ah, let's keep going. Ah, this is awesome. And, and the car ran out of gas on the turnpike and uh, then I had to walk and get gas. Come on, has anybody ever experienced that? Come on. Everything has limits. Come on, even your gas tank is limited, right? Have you ever gone shopping and, and you decide to pull out your credit card and, and you give it over to the, to, to the person behind the register and they swipe it and they go, I'm sorry, sir, your card has been declined. Has that ever happened to anybody? You don't want to say yes. I know you don't want to say yes. Yeah. I'll say it for you, okay? I saw a meme recently on the internet that said uh, when your car gets declined and it shows the expression on somebody's face and they're like, the first thing we're going to do is that you're going to lower your voice, okay? You're not going to tell this whole store my car has been declined right now. <laughs> you find out your, your finances are limited, right? Like things on this earth are limited, right? If you grew up with a brother or a sister and yeah, at one point you started to argue with them, really soon you would find out your mom's patience is limited. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Especially if you grew up with a Hispanic mom. And yeah, my patience has reached its limit. And you guys keep fighting and arguing. You're going to find out what happens after. They push it to the limit, all right? You'll see. And you'll see what happens, right? We, we run out of limit on things. Uh, nobody in here has unlimited strength. Not one person. Nobody in here has unlimited intelligence. Nobody in here has unlimited wisdom. Nobody in here has unlimited capacity in your own life. And, and oftentimes what can happen is that we can begin to focus on our limitations a little bit too much. Right? Because sooner or later you're going to find out, whoa, everything in my life is pretty limited. Right? There are some things that are going to happen in life that are out of your limits. What do you do if you don't have the limits, the capacity to handle it, right? This is past my limit. So sooner or later, you're going to find out, whoa, I'm a human being with a whole lot of limits, right? I don't have enough strength. I don't have enough power. I don't have enough intelligence. I don't have enough courage. I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough muscles. I don't have enough finances. I don't have enough things. We are limited in our capacity. But I think what can happen oftentimes is that we can let our limits limit us, right? Because we don't have and because we see that we are limited, this comes down now to limit our thinking, to limit our belief, to limit what God can do with us. And all of a sudden, if we're not careful, we will let our limits limit us. And all of a sudden, what is limited to us, we think, correlates directly to God, right? Because I don't have, that means God can't do, right? And we think that our limitations are heaven's limitations. I'll explain it. I think, what we think is that because I don't have, that means that God can't do with me. Because I don't have enough of this, God can't do anything with it. 
Because I don't have enough faith, God can't move in my life. Because I don't have enough courage, God can't use me as a man or woman of God. Because I don't have enough finances, God surely can't bless me and use me. Because I don't have enough resources, because I don't have enough gifting, because I don't have enough whatever, because I'm flawed, because I don't have like somebody else, God can't do with me. And so we put limitations on God because we're limited down here on earth. And so we said, God, surely you can't. Do with me. No, no, surely, God, you, you can't do it in my life. No, God, you can't. You, you'll do it with somebody else, but, but you can't do it with me. Yeah, yeah, you can do it with that person across the auditorium, but you can't do it with me. You can move in their life, and their 2019 is going to be awesome, and their holiday season is going to be great. But, but do you see everything that I don't have, God? Do you see everything that I'm missing, God? And if we're not careful, we fall into the comparison game. And all of a sudden, we start comparing ourselves to everybody else that we see because we're focusing on what we don't have, right? And so all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, I don't have what this person has. I don't own what this person owns. And, and, and the Christmas season has a way of highlighting everything that we don't have, right? It's supposed to be a season of joy. It's supposed to be a season of family, a season of, of peace. It's supposed to be a, a season of laughter. But all of a sudden, you turn on the commercials, and you see a bunch of families putting up their Christmas trees, and they're all laughing. And, and you know, they all got those fake smiles on the commercials, and they're all like. <laughs> and they're putting, you know, presents under the tree. And you're looking around like, I don't even have a family today. All right? And so it, it highlights what you don't have. You see another commercial, somebody's walking out, and, and he just gifted his wife a brand new car. You've seen those Christmas commercials, and, and the car has a big red ribbon on it, and he's like, <laughs> no, wife's like, oh, my God. And your wife's looking over at you like, you don't even take me to McDonald's, you know. It, put a ribbon on some French fries at least, put something, right? I don't have, and so you start thinking about everything that you don't have. And it's easy to compare. We go across social media and people are in Aspen, Colorado for Christmas and they're skiing. And they're just <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Say, babe, at least take me to Santa's. I mean, do something, you know, like and all of a sudden we fall into the comparison in game and we're like, I don't have what they have. I can never accomplish what they do. I, I'm not as spiritual as they are. I don't have faith like that. I don't have the resources that they do. I, I can't live my life that way. My family's not built that way. I, I went through a divorce this year. I lost my family. I, I lost my husband. I lost my wife. I lost my job. I lost my business. I don't have enough. And, and all of a sudden we fall into comparison and we think that God can only use people that have it all together or that look a certain way and, and my life is not good enough and, and I wish I had it all together. I wish I knew the Bible better but I keep failing and I keep messing up and, and I don't even know how I'm still sitting in church and, and definitely I'm just sitting here to at least hear something but God can never do anything with me. Be careful with the comparison game because if you fall into comparison you will miss out on what's rare because God made you to be you. God didn't make you to be somebody else. And so if you compare, you will miss out on what's rare about you. God made you to be you. He didn't gift you like anybody else. He didn't build you like anybody else because he wanted you to be you. He's called you with a purpose. He's designed you the way he's built you because it is aligned to your destiny. It doesn't matter if you're not like anybody else. You're like you. 
Comparison, if you're not careful, it will either raise you up above other people or bring you down below other people. And none of them serve your purpose. Be careful. Because comparison can raise you up or bring you down. And none of them are going to serve the purpose God has for you. So something I want to tell you today is that you don't need to have it all for God to do it all. You don't need to have it all for God to do it all. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what you don't have. It doesn't matter what you possess. It doesn't matter what you don't possess. It doesn't matter what you have at home. It doesn't matter what you don't have at home. You don't need to have it all for God to do it all. Believe in this year that God wants to do something in your life much more than you can imagine. It does not matter what you have. Because a lot of people, they'll look great on the outside, but you have no idea how the inside is. And so you're looking across like, I want a marriage just like them. Babe, why don't we hold hands and worship just like them, right? Look at the way they came into church. And little did you know, they were arguing in the car on the way in here, right? <laughs> oh, come on. How come our kids don't sing like the kids up there? If our kids were up there, they would have trashed all this stuff. Like, they just would have kicked it everywhere, like... Be careful because don't go by appearances. Don't go by what's on the outside, right? Make sure you're, you're right on the inside. Talk about the inside. The book of Luke is awesome because, remember, Luke is a historian. He, he writes details. He's a doctor. He loves writing about little details. Last week, we started with the book of Luke, and Luke, he's writing about all the details that happened right at the start before all the events take place when Jesus enters earth. Now, you have to remember there's been 400 years of silence. The last prophet was 400 years before, and, and, and he was the last one to ever talk about a coming Messiah. And so for 400 years, nobody ever talked about another Messiah again. And now all of a sudden, God comes. He appears through an angel to, named Gabriel to, to um, Zechariah. And he tells Zechariah, get ready because I'm about to begin all the events on earth because my son is coming down to earth. And so Luke, he's beginning to give us all the details about what's about to unfold before our eyes. Now, I love Luke because Luke, he gives very, very interesting details, right? In fact, Luke, the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke has a lot of parallels. If you were to read the gospel of Luke, you would see that he often compares two people. All throughout the book of Luke, there is comparisons and there is contrast and there is parallels all throughout the gospel of Luke. If you read the entire gospel of Luke, it is awesome. I suggest you do. You would see that, that there is two rich men in the gospel of Luke. And, and one decides to leave it all, to follow Jesus, and to make life right. Another one decides to serve his money and to serve his riches. And he, he can't let go of everything that he owns, right? If you were to read the Gospel of Luke, you would see that there's two sons, and one son decides to grab all his inheritance and go off and do some crazy living while, while one son decides to stay at home with the father, right? If you were to read the Gospel of Luke, you would see that Jesus, one day he enters a home of his best friend Lazarus. That's his best friend. That's his boy. He loves him. And he enters the home. And, and, and one sister, she comes down and, and she bows down at his feet and worships him and listens to him. While another sister is worried about the dishes and the plates and, and, and the kitchen's all a mess. The kitchen, I mean, she's just like putting stuff in the dishwasher. It looks like my kitchen when I do protein pancakes. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's just a mess. It's all over the place, right? And, and so there's 
two sisters, two compare. In the book of Luke, do you see two thieves next to Jesus? One is ridiculing him. The other one accepts, accepts him for who he is, right? And right at the beginning of Luke, he starts with a parallel. Right at the beginning of Luke, he starts with two people, right? He starts with Zechariah, and later on in chapter 1, he brings along Mary. Luke wants to show us a contrast and a comparison of two different people, right? Zechariah, we read, is a righteous man. Zechariah is a blameless man before God. We read that Zechariah, he's a priest. Zechariah has it all together on the outside. He's a man of God. Him and his wife Elizabeth, they are on the front row serving, and they're on the front row worshiping, and, and they come in and they serve God with everything that they have, right? Like, if you were to look at Zechariah and Elizabeth, you'll be like, oh, they have it all together. It's amazing. Look at how they serve the Lord. Look at what, look at, oh, my God, it's amazing. They serve on street team. They serve on host team. They're teaching growth track. I mean, they're just an amazing, amazing couple. Here's Zechariah and Elizabeth, right? They have it all together. But Elizabeth, she hasn't been able to have any children. She can't have no kids because she's barren. And so the angel appears, and, and God has chosen them to begin to, to this line of events where John the Baptist is going to come through them. And so the angel appears to Zechariah, and it seems like Zechariah, he has it all together on the outside, but is full of unbelief on the inside. That's what I'm telling you. Be careful with appearances. Be careful that you're not just trying to live your life so that people think you have it all together on the outside. All right, we come to church and we serve God and it's almost like a checkoff list. Like, okay, I made it to church and, and I took my picture with Santa at Calvary and, and I make sure I tag and, and I do all these things and, and I got my, my things all sorted out. Be careful that you're just not living for a surface level type of Christianity, right? And that when God decides to come and visit your home and, and when God comes to tell you everything that he has for you, your heart is found with unbelief. And it's like, oh, Zechariah, but, but you were so full of faith on the outside. Zechariah, you served in the temple and, and here you were burning the incense at the altar. But when the angels showed up, you were filled with fear and unbelief. Is it just a surface level type of Christianity? Or do you believe deep down inside your heart that God can do impossibly more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine? I wonder if somebody in here, you're saying this year, I'm going to believe God for the impossible. I'm going to believe God to do things that I could never imagine. I'm going to believe God that he can do more in my family. Come on, I don't know about you, but this holiday season, I want to keep my eyes open that if God decides to visit my home, that if God decides to visit my life, that if God decides to visit my marriage, and he says, these are the plans I have for you, I'm not found with unbelief, but I got faith on the inside. I just don't want faith on the outside. I want faith on the inside. Look what the angel told them in Luke chapter 1 verse 20. The angel said, and now you'll be silent and you won't be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words. They'll come true at their appointed time. I wonder if God often is trying to visit you and is trying to speak to you. And he says, I have all these plans and all these purposes for you. I know you don't have something. I know you're missing out on this. I know you've been buried in your purpose. I know it looks like God hasn't answered you. But I'm telling you, there are great and mighty plans and your mouth keeps getting in the way. You're just saying, ah, I really don't believe it. Can you give me some evidence? Can you give me some signs? I want my mouth to be quiet and I want my heart to believe. I want to believe God for more. I want to believe God for what he does have. 
I'm going to open up my mouth and only say, yes, God. I'm going to open up my mouth and only praise him. I'm going to open up my mouth and receive all that God has for me. Come on, there's anybody in here. You might as well get started right now and say, my 2019, it will be great. My 2019, I will accomplish everything that God has spoken. Me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Come on, somebody. I don't want to keep praising on the outside, but missing out on the inside. I don't want to keep giving God nothing but surface level type relationship. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God's trying to speak and God's trying to move, but on the inside, we just say, God can't. He, he won't. Not with me. God's trying to visit you. What about if God's trying to visit you this holiday season? God's trying to show up and God's trying to say, I can, I can do much more than you can imagine. But we're going off appearances. Everything in life, if we're not careful, can come down to appearances. Our life can come down to appearances where we appear something on the outside and they'll live it on the inside. And then apart from that, we think that God only blesses those who appear like they have it all together. Because we, we, we're living off appearances, right? Like God, God, first of all, my life, I, I don't know if I can really believe everything that you're speaking over me. And second of all, God, are you sure? Me? Right? We doubt God can use us and we doubt God can do anything with us because we don't have what somebody else is at. In fact, if we were to look at Luke chapter 1, this makes no sense. There's different stuff that we can compare and contrast that Luke has given us. Because if you look at Zechariah, Zechariah looked like he played the part. He played the part well. He, he was a priest. He was righteous. He was blameless. I mean, he met all the credentials. He had the credentials. He had them all. Priest, righteous, blameless. On top of that, he was a man and in ancient days. The man always had the leading role in the story. But I, I love how Luke always switches it up. Because God is a God that always switched things up. It's like, oh, you think this is the one, but, but I got a little girl over here, and I know she's poor, and, and I know she doesn't have much, and I know she's only a young girl. She's not a man, and, and she's not a priest, and, and I know she's very young, and it looks like she doesn't have much, but I've decided to use her, and I, I favored her so that she could give birth to the Son of God and bring him down into this earth so that all of humanity can see him. Can I tell you, because God doesn't care what you have, God doesn't care what you possess, God doesn't care what you look like. It does not matter. God is not looking through earth seeing who's the one that I'm going to use. God doesn't just come for the rich. God doesn't just come for the white. God doesn't just come for the black. God doesn't just come for those that have it all together. Can I tell you, he comes for the rich and the poor. He comes for the white and the black. He comes for the, those that are whole and those that are broken. He comes for those that have it all together and those that don't have it all together. This is what the gospel is. That God says, you may look good on the outside, but I come to those who even the world thinks are too insignificant are too small I come to all of humanity this is God and some of us are thinking God you're for sure gonna visit some people in church but not me 2019 focus yeah woo, not me I tried focusing 2018 and my life was a mess and so you're gonna skip me over this year can I tell you he's for you he's on your side 
and it doesn't matter how many times you've messed up in the past God wants to come to you once again and he wants to use your life once again how does he go from Zachariah to Mary I mean this is a big big difference this is a man who has it all together he's a priest he's in church he's serving he's on team he has the welcome home shirt he I mean this is this is Zachariah he's in a connect group he ate pizza at Grow Track and graduated Mary she's poor in fact after Mary gives birth to Jesus the Bible says that when they went to present him in the temple they didn't have a sheep or a lamb to offer as a sacrifice so they came with two pigeons the Old Testament says that if you were poor and you couldn't afford a lamb, you come with two pigeons. That means Mary and Joseph didn't have enough resources and finances. And God would cho still choose somebody like them. We think because we don't have enough, God can't use me. And he chose Mary. Be careful who we think God can use and can't use. Right? This was a lesson learned for Peter because... Peter in the book of Acts this guy comes to knock on his door who's a Gentile who's far from God and, and Peter's like I'm not supposed to help people like you and what do you mean I, I gotta go over your house and eat certain things this is crazy and he ends up going because the Holy Spirit told him to go and when he goes he preaches and the whole family gets saved and they all get filled with the Holy Spirit and look at the way Peter responded in the message paraphrase it says in Acts chapter 10 he put it this way Peter fairly exploded with good news and he says, it is God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and you're ready to do as he says, come on, the door is open. Come on, I'm believing the door is open for my life. I'm believing the door is open for your life. Come on, I'm believing God. He's about to open the windows of heaven and he can bless your life. He can bless your marriage. He can bless you if you're single. He can bless you if you're married. He can bless you if you're divorced. He can bless you if you're poor. He can bless you if you're rich. This is who God is, the God who invades all of humanity. Come on, can we stand up on our feet? Can we praise him? Can we worship him? Come on, with hands lifted. Oh, Holy Spirit, burn like a fire, all consuming, consuming, hearing your presence, Lord, I surrender to your With every eye closed, every hand raised, all across this place. God, I'm believing He wants to move in your life. He wants to move in your life. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. This is the gospel. This is Christmas. This is what the message is all about, that a Savior has been born. So that all of humanity could have access to God. You're not overlooked. You're not forgotten. You haven't been abandoned. You haven't been put off to the side and, 
and God is not skipping you because you don't have and and God is not skipping you because you don't possess and and God is not overlooking you because of what you lack no God is looking directly at you he loves you he loves you he loves you you're on the front of his mind he's thinking about you all day and he's thinking about you all night God is totally madly deeply in love with you come on somebody needs to know that this morning can you just lift up both of your hands and come on as a sign of surrender let's surrender before God come on somebody with eyes closed and mouths open come on just to begin to say I love you Lord I love you Lord I love you I love you I love you I thank you I thank you for your goodness I thank you that your gospel comes to all people it comes to the rich and the poor it comes to white and black it comes for all kind of people all over the face of the earth this is the gospel this is the gospel It's good news to all of humanity God may we have a heart that believes may we have a heart who believes every single word that comes from you it will come to pass it will come to pass and it's at its appointed time it will come to pass at its appointed time it will come to pass somebody in here you've been doubting what God has spoken over your life somebody in here you've been crying and you've been doubting and tears have come down your face because you think God has forgotten certain words that have been prophesied over your life and God had told you certain things and you had written certain things down and you had certain goals and certain ambitions and certain dreams and, and you said surely they were from God what happened God is reminding you this morning they'll they will come to pass at the appointed time at the appointed time his hand is on you he's never forgotten you he's never left you He's the God of Zechariah, but he's also the God of Mary. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. With every eye closed, with every head bowed all across this place. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I, I feel far and distant from God. I feel like I don't have a relationship with him. I feel like God, he, he must not love me. Maybe you're in here and you're thinking about everything that you've done in your life, how you failed and you keep turning your back on God. I just want to remind you, he would never turn his back on you. His arms are open wide and God is waiting for you right now with arms wide open. He loves you. With every eye closed, every head bowed as the whole church is praying. The Bible says that all of us were sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. There's not one perfect person in this place. We've all failed God in one way or another. And it's our sins that separate us from God. But God loves us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed my sin. He grabbed your sin. He grabbed all of our shame, all of our flaws, all of our mistakes. And he went up on a cross died for the sins of all humanity past present and future he died for you the Bible says that Jesus died on that cross they laid him in a grave for three days and after three days he was resurrected he's alive and I really do believe he's the hope of the world he's the light of the world and I believe he wants to come and bring you hope peace and joy forgiveness a brand new start a brand new beginning 
I can't think of a better Christmas present than the Son of God himself, Jesus. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, come on, in a moment of private concentration, privacy and concentration as the whole church is praying. If you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I need God. I need a brand new beginning. I need forgiveness of my sins. I need a brand new start. I need hope. I need that grace. I'm gonna count to three in just a moment. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. I want you to hold it up just for a second, just for two seconds. I wanna see you and I believe God has seen you. You're saying, today I need Jesus. Today I need a brand new beginning. Today I need a brand new start. I'm gonna see you and then you can put it right back down. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Come on, as the church is praying, if that's you, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all across this auditorium. Can you raise it up a little bit higher? I see you, I see you, I see you. Hands everywhere. Hands all over the auditorium, all over here in the middle, all over here to my right-hand side. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Father, we thank you so much. I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I want all of us to repeat this prayer after me. If you raise your hand, say this with all you've got. But all of us together, let's say it as a family, with a voice united. I believe God is here. Come on, repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for me. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I am healed, and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Come on, Calvary.